Okay, guys, I know y'all tuned into another episode today of Hot Takes with TP3. Before we get things started, um, we got a quick word from our sponsors. The first sponsor of today's episode is Prize Picks. I don't know if y'all are familiar or not with Prize Picks platform and how it works. If you download the app and you use promo code TP3BETS, you will receive a 100% instant match deposit of up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100 back. Let's say you deposit $50, you get $50 back, and so on and so forth. Um, how it works, guys, you pick two to six players, and if they'll go over or under their projections, more or less, um, you get up to 25% or 25 times your money on that. Let's say tonight you want to pick Luka Doncic to go over 28.5 points, LeBron over 7.5 rebounds, Dalvin Cook over 86.5 rush yards, and let's say you want to go with Jameis Winston under 205 pass yards, something or other like that, guys. It offers a ton of sports. That means you can have NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football. The list goes on, on, and on. They even have tennis, NASCAR, Anything you could possibly want, it is on there. I promise, guys. Prize Picks is available in your state. Download the app to check and make sure it's in your state. Once again, use code TP3BETS. It takes about 60 seconds to pick everything and deposit. It's easy withdraw, easy deposit. Once again, use code TP3BETS if you want to sign up for Prize Picks. Okay, guys, second sponsor of the show we have is SoBet. That's SoBet.io. The link is in my bio on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at TP3Bets. But y'all don't even know what SoBet is yet, man. It is the best value in sports betting. There's over 38 other handicappers on there like myself. It's $10 a month, and you get all those bets. Let's say you don't want to tail me. You can tail somebody else on the website. Everybody over there is winning. Everyone's putting in great work. You get every single bet explained like me and Ben break down for you guys on these podcasts. Might as well go ahead and do it for only $10 a month. Might as well sign up, try a month, say you don't like it. It's all good, guys. But yeah, so bet. Go over there, get at them. How's it going today, guys? We're back in here live in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with CP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Gorwitz. Ben, how are we doing on this fine Wednesday before Thanksgiving? We're good, man. Thanksgiving coming up and rivalry week. Yeah, man. Um, rivalry week is here. It's a great week in college football. Ben, fact it's Thanksgiving. Before we get things going, I think we talk about this every year. What's your favorite Thanksgiving dish to eat? Ooh. I I enjoy I enjoy stuffing. Uh, my uncle makes like a sausage stuffing that's always good or dressing, whatever you call it. Um, I like it all. I, I'm a cranberry guy. I'm if we get honey baked ham sometimes, I love honey baked ham, but I, I'm a stuffing guy through and through. Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest with you, I don't really necessarily have a favorite. I like everything green bean casseroles, fire, um, uh, cranberries, like you said, stuffing, dressing, whatever you want to call it. All honestly, it's all pretty good, except for the turkey. The turkey's probably the shittiest part of the whole meal, so <laughs> that's kind of what I would say. Yeah. Like, I've what were you gonna say? Luckily, luckily for me, my uncle went to culinary school, so I've okay. never had dry turkey. <laughs> he just sent me a. He actually just sent me a picture, and he uh, he said, "Brining for thirty six hours, frying tomorrow." So the turkey is currently brining for thirty six hours. It's just in this huge like pot. You see it? Yeah, it looks amazing in there. Just. So- Looking up all the juices and seasoning that's in there that I'll fry it tomorrow. 
Um, yeah, that looks pretty freaking good, Ben. I might need I might need you to save me some of that. Um, anyway, though, let's get into our first topic before we get down to. Yeah, I wish you guys could see the picture of this turkey. That turkey looks fire brining in there. Um, we got a quick topic we want to talk about before we get into things. So, Ben, there's been two teams that have massively underperformed this season in the NFL. That would be the Buffalo Bills and the Chargers. First of all, do you think these teams are in danger of making the, of missing the playoffs? Absolutely. Yeah, they, I mean, the Chargers are – they're a couple of losses away from, I think, firing their coach. I don't think they owe him anything to keep him for the remainder of the season. They're 4-6 and six this week with a home game against Baltimore that they're the uh, they're a home underdog in. Now, if you look at their schedule, the Chargers, I mean, New England and De- – at New England and Denver after Baltimore could be two wins. But then you get into the gritty. The last four weeks are at Vegas. Against Buffalo at Denver and Kansas City. Those are not easy games to play for the Chargers, in my opinion. Same with Buffalo. They're at Philly this week. They get a bye, and their schedule is brutal. They go at Kansas City, uh, home against Dallas, at the Chargers, New England, and then at Miami. I I think we're I think the I think both teams can miss the playoffs pretty easily with the way their schedule works out. Yeah, um, I think both teams are in very serious danger. And to be honest with you, I don't know what the Chargers are waiting to not fire this coach. I mean, I get it. The wide receivers are dropping passes. But, like, dude, the offense is playing fine. You have to be able to get some stops. And you're a defensive-minded head coach. If you can't get any stops, like, it's ridiculous, dude. They have no business losing that Detroit game. They could not stop anything. And Staley, everything he did on defense didn't work. I mean, they couldn't even hardly slow down Detroit. Detroit only slowed themselves down because they wanted to time things up because they could tell nobody could get a stop. So I feel like I, we were bamboozled when we were told Staley is like a defensive minded coach. He hasn't proven that once. Yeah, I I don't even know like what Brandon Staley is doing, to be honest with you. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. We've talked a billion times on here about how bad of a coach is. But on the flip side of things, I think that I think that um McDermott's gonna get fired as well. And I would have him out of there if he can't make the playoffs. Honestly, no matter what happens this season, I'd probably fire McDermott. I get it. There's been a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the fall. But I feel like his message has gone stale in the locker room. And this Buffalo team just doesn't look as dominant as it's been in the past. You know, like, I feel like that Buffalo, all the talent they have, like firing the offensive coordinator, in my opinion, was a shit move. Now, there could have been something going on between him and McDermott. It could also be McDermott covering for his rear end. But, like, I just don't really get what McDermott's doing. He has so much talent on this team. I think they've made some dumb decisions, like giving Vaughn Miller the big-time contract. But... When you have this much talent on a football team, Ben, there's zero excuses to miss the playoffs. If the Bills don't, honestly, if the Bills don't make, don't win two playoff games, I think you got to can them and try something new. They've just been the same team over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a team that just relies way too much for Josh Allen to bail them out at times. It's really every game, not even at times. They're asking him to do everything. And He's not able to do it this season, and he wasn't great at doing it last season. The interceptions have climbed these past two years for Josh Allen. It's he was always going to throw interceptions uh, with his playing style, but he's throwing them at at a rate right now that you just can't afford. And uh, I think Ken Dorsey was the scapegoat, but I I also absolutely here's the part that I dis. I like that they fired him mid season because their season's not over right now. Yeah, and I think if you try to they're clearly not, they weren't figuring things out offensively this year. And I feel like if you make the change mid season, while your playoff chances aren't completely 0% right now, then 
you could try to turn things around. The offense looked much better against a good Jets defense the first week with Joe Brady calling plays, but they got to keep it going and their schedule doesn't do many favors. They have a huge game this week, the toughest places to play and one of the hardest teams to play. So yeah, I mean, listen, they get that game and I think everyone's talking about how good the bills are again, but they lose it. And I agree with you. I think Sean McDermott's really on the hot seat. Yeah, like you said, they have to play at the Eagles, at the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Chargers, and the Patriots, at, at the Miami Dolphins. At Miami to finish the year. I mean, I mean, odds are, honestly, the Bills probably won't make the playoffs. Maybe we should bet them to miss the playoffs. I haven't looked at the odds, but that might actually be a pretty decent bet because I know for a fact the Steelers play one of the easiest schedules. The Browns have a relatively easy schedule. And then um, who's the other team in contention? I mean, I haven't looked at the Broncos and the Raiders' strength of schedule, but I know they're both in contention. And then we also have – um. Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers in contention. So it would be interesting to see how everything plays back. A lot of teams still play each other. Like Denver still plays uh, the Chargers and the Bills. Yeah, the Denver splitting with Kansas City honestly helped them a lot. So that definitely gives Denver a boost. I know the Raiders still have to play Kansas City twice, which is not good for them. So And they still have to play the Chargers again. So Denver probably has – a or the Raiders probably have one of the harder schedules left. Ben, before we get into it so I don't forget, give us a recap of how we did last week. If you do, you have it in front of you. Yeah, man, let's do it. I was about yeah, to say, I, if you, you, I was um, gonna say, if you don't have it in front of you, we can wait. No, we're good. College football three and one for me, three and five from you. That brings the college football podcast total to 60, 52, and three in the NFL. Three and one for me, and two and one from you. That brings the podcast total in the NFL to 36, 28, and three. Not bad, not bad. We're still in the green. I mean, I guess laying 110 every single time you bet in college football, we're probably in the negative. So we need to, uh, yeah, we need to pick it up to this week and get some winners on the board. Good thing news is, guys, I got some winners cooked up for y'all. Um, I actually have a relatively reasonable card this week. I think I got too overexcited and too uh, overconfident, played too many games. So I'll try to keep it under control. Ben, let's we're gonna go day by day here. Let's start things out on Thursday. What do you have a play in one of the earlier games on uh Thursday? In college or the NFL? Yeah, in college? the NFL. NFL or college, either one. Give us your first play of the day. I will do Thursday at 1230 in the NFL. How about that? Okay. Perfect. I'm gonna go Packers at line. Packers at Lions over 47. I said it last week. I, I think Jordan Love has kind of figured things out these past couple of weeks. The Packers are 2-1. and one. Um, They've relied on him more with Aaron Jones now going out. Doesn't look like he's going to play on Thanksgiving. And I think LaFleur has found something that uh, Jordan Love can do. And the receivers, they're playing better. Dobbs is playing pretty good. And, and Jaron Reed, Jaron Reed, Jaden Reed, Jordan. What's Reed's first name for the Packers? Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed has really been their deep ball threat. Beast. He's really come alive these last couple of weeks. And the Lions offense has just been a well-oiled machine recently. Now, Goff, threw, Goff had a horrible first half last week, throwing three interceptions, but they did figure it out against the Bears. Running back, The two-headed running back attack with Montgomery, who's back and healthy, and Gibbs. Gibbs is on fire right now in the NFL, plus Amon Ross St. Brown. I like the over 47 on Turkey Day. Yeah, I'm trying to decide on my play in this game. I'm probably going to end up writing with you, Ben, and taking the over in this game. I I mean, I've handicapped this game a couple times now. I don't see how it stays under. Nothing official for me yet in that game. 
I'm going to go to the second game of the day here, and I'm going to take an ugly one here. First of all, I lean the over heavily in this game, but I'm going to take the side instead. Give me Washington catching 12 and a half points here. So I know the numbers about how favorites have done on Thanksgiving Day, but Sam Howell in his career is 5-1 and one ATS in six road starts, and all were one-score games. Riverboat Ron, I would say he's been more of rowboat Ron this season, but he's coaching for his job. Yeah, he's coaching for his job, and he's still getting it done in these underdog spots. We all know how good he is as an underdog, and he gets even better when he's in the division. But instead of reading off 25 trends, I'm going to trend this thing or ugh, cut this thing down to one trend for you guys. Washington is 8 4 and 2 ATS when they're a divisional dog. When Riverboat Ron's been the coach of them as a divisional dog. I like Washington to keep it close here. Also, I know everyone's going to point out to how much that Sam Howell has been sacked. He's been the most sacked of any quarterback in the league this season. I mean, he gave Philly a run for their money both times and had a chance to beat them in both those games. Dallas has the pass rush just like that. I think he can do the same thing. And let's not forget, Ben, Dallas is 1-11 against the spread in their last 12 Thanksgiving games. Blue are not covering by an average margin of 11.8 points per game. Oof. And they play every year. Yeah. Uh, my last pick in the NFL, just two two picks for me in the NFL. Um, this is not Thanksgiving day. Wait, let's let's save it for Sunday. Let's save, save it for it? Sunday. Yeah, we'll go day by day on here. So, do you have a play? You I have a play for the Egg Bowl, right? I do have yeah. a play for the Egg Bowl. Yeah, let's talk Egg Bowl here. I got one 10. too. So let's do this um, thing. A talent gap in this game. Yeah, almost minus ten for me. Um, okay. The talent in this, the talent gap in this game is is unlike we have ever seen before. There's Mississippi State has really struggled against teams throwing the ball downfield. Ole Miss ha, can, I think they can pick and choose what they want to do in this game. If they want to work on their running game, I think Junkins can can own Mississippi State. If they want to let Jackson Dart let it loose, I think he's got no problem doing that. This seems way too low. Now, I, I don't love taking favorites in rivalry games. Uh, but this year, Mississippi State just has nothing. They, I think they know they're going to get squashed, and uh, 10 does not feel like enough, and I'm going to go minus 10 Ole Miss. Not bad at all there, Ben, with Ole Miss minus 10. I agree with you. So first of all, guys, I will say this. The sharp money is coming in in this game all over Mississippi State, and it doesn't make any sense to me. I get it. Will Rogers is back, and he should be playing better after dusting the rust off last week against Southern Miss. This Ole Miss pass defense is awful, and the defense in general is not great. I mean, we watched Georgia and Texas A&M carve them up in back-to-back weeks. Like I said, Sharps love Mississippi State right now. I don't get it, though. This Mississippi State defense is terrible. They've been destroyed by basically everybody but Arkansas. Their secondary has been getting gashed left and right. They can't win this game with their defense, Ben. I know they need this game to go bowling as they sit here at at, uh, 5 and 6 right now. They win this game, they can go bowling. But I got news for you guys. They ain't winning this game. They ain't going bowling. And this game's going way over the total. Give me the over at 55 and a half. I told Ben Mississippi State was my over wagon until the – and once I found out the hard way, though, because Will Rogers got hurt. They didn't announce it until 15 minutes before the game started. And I found out the hard way Mississippi State can't do a damn thing on offense without him in there. He's going to be playing quarterback in this game. Mississippi State's going to get some points in this game. I think this game goes way over the total. I think it finishes in the low 70s. So I'll gladly take the over. And to close this out, Ben, I have one more game for Thanksgiving Day. 
I'm going to take the 49ers minus the seven here. I know this is a very square ball play and not something I usually do, but road favorites on Thanksgiving in the night game, and they're catching seven or more points. They're eight and one against the spread. And in general, in the night game, favorites are 12 and four ATS since 2005. And they're seven and one the last eight times in the night game. So the road favor, so the favorites cash, like it's nobody's business in this late night game. Also, too, San Francisco is a completely different team when they have Debo and Trent Williams in there. We've seen it the last two weeks as they've beaten up on the Buccaneers and on the Jaguars. And last but not least here, these teams are neck and neck in the division. you got a banged-up Geno Smith in town right here. I think this is the perfect spot for San Francisco to put some margin between them and Seattle and put this division away. Give me San Francisco to win this game running away. So two things. Gino is not certain to play. Um, his press conference yesterday, did, they asked him how he's doing. He said he's doing okay. They said, okay. how are you doing comparative to the game? He said, well, I'm doing better now than then, but it doesn't sound like he's anywhere close to 100% right now. Still a couple of days to go. Second point, uh, I'm going to go back to the old, the Egg Bowl real quick. Don't be surprised if this is Will Rogers' last game in Starkville. Yeah, I think it's definitely he's not so, going to the he's not going to the NFL, by the way. Isn't he out of eligibility <laughs> though? Got he another year. The, okay, wow. Yeah, he's definitely hitting the portal then. He's probably gonna get up out of there. I can't blame him at all. I think you're gonna see a lot of quarterbacks who you're gonna look at the screen and you're gonna be like, mm-hmm. wait, they have another year of eligibility. I think they're gonna transfer. I think I think Tyler Van Dyke could be gone from Miami. I think it's just run its courts there, run its course there. Like he wasn't playing this year the last couple of weeks until the guy he's hundred percent gone. Yeah, but he has another year of eligibility somehow. Okay. Yeah, I think Van Dyke's definitely gone. I think Van Dyke's only a junior, though, because last year I think he was only a sophomore, so I think he still had – He might be. Yeah, I know he still has eligibility left. Either way, he could get that. Notre Dame is a team to look for for any quarterback that's in the portal because Hartman will be gone, and I don't – I haven't heard of a kid they have on campus that they're overly in love with. Yeah. No, I think that – yeah, I agree. I haven't seen Notre Dame with that big quarterback. I can definitely see that happening. Um, let's go to Friday slate, Ben. Do you have any bets for us on Friday? I don't believe I do because I think Tennessee plays Saturday, right? Yeah, they play Vanderbilt on Saturday. Um, yep, so nothing Friday for me. Okay, I got three for Friday, so how about I'm going to give one out and then we'll go back to you for Friday or to give us a Saturday play and then I'll give out my other two for Friday. Um, so for Friday – I'm going to have to do it, Ben. We've been all over this team all season long. I like to think me and you were two of their biggest believers. Give me the Missouri Tigers, minus seven here against Arkansas. Talk about teams that have quit on the season. This three and eight Arkansas team has completely quit on the season or four and seven or whatever they are at this point. They call this the battle line rivalry, and this has been very one-sided. Missouri is six and one in their last seven meetings. Arkansas is going to be missing a ton of guys on offense. They're down their two best running backs. They're down their tight end. They're down one of their best receivers. They're got a ton. This team is completely quit on the season. They're all hitting the portal. They're completely checked out. They don't care about this game. Eli Drinkwitz, when he is motivated for a game, we heard him before the Tennessee game talking about how Tennessee was still throwing on him when they were, when they were getting blown out in the game. He was pissed off about it. He hates Arkansas with a passion. He's from Arkansas. He didn't even get looked at for the job. He takes it personally whenever he goes up against this Razorback squad. 
I think Coach Drink takes it personally here. I think Arkansas roll or gets rolled in this game by Missouri. Let's not forget, this is probably the best thing that Missouri's had in a long time. They would love nothing more than to take their best team out there and give Arkansas one of the most embarrassing losses in program history. I think Missouri and Drinkwitz jump all over them while they're down. I think they'll still be punching it in with Schrader late in the game. I I love this game at minus seven. I think there's way too much value here. Give me or give me Missouri to roll Arkansas on to start things out at four p.m. on a Friday. Could be KJ Jefferson's last game in an Arkansas Razorback uniform as well. A hundred percent will be. Um, I'm gonna go Saturday. I'm gonna go Tennessee minus twenty seven. They are facing Vanderbilt, who is among the worst teams in college football against the spread this year. Vanderbilt is 1-10 in 10 against the spread, losing by an average margin of five points per game. Um, Tennessee, Tennessee, the way that... So I talked to um, a good friend of mine who went to Tennessee, big Tennessee fan. And I asked them, and I, this was last week against Georgia, and I said, hey... I know it's not the best time to text you. Your team's getting absolutely demolished, but why not Nico? Why not play Nico? Georgia's beaten you by a million. You're not winning this game. Joe Milton has 80 passing yards in the third quarter right now. Like you're losing this game. Let's just, why not see Nico, right? His theory, and it makes sense, is that when Joe Milton signed up to play at Tennessee, it was a fifth year and he sat the bench the whole season. Hendon Hooker was there. And he stayed in the program this year. And I think there's a little bit of respect from Heupel to Joe Milton. I think they're going to want to go out with a bang. Going out with a bang is perfect when you're playing Vanderbilt because you can throw all over them. I just need a little bit more accuracy from Joe Milton for one week. I think we get it against a really bad Vanderbilt secondary. Again, they're 1-10 against the spread this year. I'm going to take Tennessee minus 27. I think that's probably a pretty good play, Ben. I was looking at the history of this rivalry. It's very one-sided. These games are never close. I think that Tennessee blows the doors off him. And I actually had the same thought process, too. I was wondering why Nico wasn't coming in. And I've thought about it more. And I think you're 100% on point here that there's some sort of unspoken thing between Highpool and Joe Milton that was like, you stick around and I'll do you solid by letting you start the whole year. So we'll see what happens. I think they'll probably let Joe Milton play in the bowl game, too. Um, I'm going to go back to Friday, though. I'm going to go to the both the night games. First one here, we got Texas Tech taking on Texas. I'm going to go to the total in this game at 52 and a half. First of all, Sharp Bunny's on Texas Tech in this game. I don't think Texas Tech can cover by their defense. It's going to have to be with their offense. Texas Tech's offense is better now that this second string quarterback has been playing. He's been playing a lot better than the third and fourth string QBs did. They had to run out there. So I think their offense is a little undervalued, giving us more value on the total. We know their running back, Brooks, one of the better running backs in college football. Texas yep. lost to them last year, so this is a huge revenge game. And in Texas Tech is, like I said, you know they're the sharp side of this game, but I think Texas wants to get margin in this game because this is a common opponent between them and Oregon. Oregon barely beat this team, so if Texas Tech comes out here and tries to mop the field and puts a ton of points up on them, it looks better for them. I think that they have no problem getting in the 60s here. You took over 52 and a half? Yeah, over 52 and a half. I yeah. assume you're saying that Jonathan Brooks is out, but Texas Tech's running back's also named, his last name is Brooks. It's like something, it's like Jaheim oh. Brooks or something like that. I can't remember what it is, but he's top five yeah, in the nation in rush game. yards. Yeah, he's top five in the nation in rush yards. And then my other play at night, I'm going to go to the Civil War, man. This is one of the biggest rivalries in college football. We got Oregon hosting Oregon State. And look, 
everybody's sucking off Bo Nix right now. Everyone's going crazy about Oregon. As Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. I'm going to take the Beavers plus 14 in this game. I just think this is too many points. This, these teams have no set rivalry for the future with the Pac-12 dissolving. We don't even know if these teams will play each other again. I expect them to leave it all out on the field in this game. Look, Oregon's played three teams with a winning record this season, and one of those teams is Washington. The other team is a Utah team with a horrible offense. I actually think this is a pretty good matchup for Oregon State. They have a really solid rush offense and an elite pass defense. I think they get, I think they grind this game down, kind of muck it up a little bit, and make Oregon play hard with them. Give me Oregon State to cover the number here. My last play in college is okay. going to be the Iron Bowl. Um, I'm going to take Alabama's team total over. It's currently 33 and a half. Whatever the number is, when you wake up on Saturday, I'm taking the over for Alabama. This, I mean, this Auburn team is, I, mean, I think Cody would admit it if he was on with us, like they got nothing. Uh, I mean, uh, the sandwich spot last week to New Mexico State is, I don't even I don't even know how to describe. I mean, it's bad. It's like it's really bad to lose to a game to New Mexico State at home. I get that they'll be up to play Alabama because it is a rivalry game. I think this. I think Hugh Freeze is ready to just get this season over with, so he can kick whoever he wants out, bring in whoever he wants in. He's a great transfer portal uh, recruit recruiting coach. He's going to get his guys in recruiting naturally. I I, I think he's so done with this team i mean quarterback play really hasn't as bad as i think it could have been this year thorn's mm-hmm. been okay at times but they don't throw the ball downfield that well defense has had a lot of injuries i think hugh freeze is ready for the season to be done with yeah i'm gonna agree with you on this one ben i know the sharp side of the game is auburn i have no interest in playing that i'm gonna take the full game over 49 I think Auburn might be able to pull out some Jordan Hare voodoo magic in the first half, but I think Alabama needs margin in this game because they want to show out for the playoff committee and make them feel good about them. Um, Auburn's not going to win this game with their defense. Let's put it that way. This, I mean, Alabama's put up 34 plus every game ever since their underperformance against Arkansas. I think this is going to be a high scoring game for Alabama. I could see Alabama maybe getting in the forties and ultimately covering the game. So I'll take the over in this game. Then I got two more in college football. I'll go quick here so we can get to NFL. First one, I'm going to go to the Commonwealth Cup. We have Virginia Tech taking on Virginia. Virginia Tech is minus three-point road favorite here. It's one of the most lopsided rivalries in college football. Virginia Tech is 17-1 and the last 18 times these teams have played. Virginia Tech needs this one to go bowling. I think Virginia Tech's got the gritty team with drones in there at quarterback to grind this out on the ground and win this game. Give me Virginia Tech minus the three. And then my last one here, I'm going to go to my team, Florida That's State. ugly from you. What, the Virginia Tech? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a gross one. Definitely not one you want to watch that. But let's put it this way. That's going to be on my side TV while I'm watching Auburn, Alabama. Um, the other one, though, I'm going to go with Florida State and Florida. I'm going to take the over in this game and FSU minus six and a half is my last two plays for college football. Um, Florida State, this team's rallied around Jordan Travis being out. The players have been going to see him in the hospital. There's been nothing but positivity coming out of the program. Everybody thinks Florida's going to come out here and beat them now. I get it. Florida needs this one to go bowling. I think Florida leaves it all on the field. They have a backup quarterback in here, too, and he's more of a runner. 
I think Florida will be able to score some points in this game, but ultimately I think FSU wants it more. They want to finish this season undefeated. They want to win the ACC championship. They're going to, they're actually more motivated now with Jordan Travis going down than they were before. I think he gives them the extra motivating factor that they want to finish it for 13. Give me FSU also to Florida's 88th in points against and outside of the Vandy game. They've given up 30 plus in every single game in SEC play. I think Florida State pulls away pretty big in the second half and beats Florida down. Sneaky game of the week for both of our teams is Kentucky Louisville. You, as a Florida State fan, you do not want Kentucky winning that no. game. That pushes Louisville outside of the top 10. Um, I mean, Kentucky's not great. Leary's been much worse than I ever thought he would have been. Dude, Kentucky looked awful on Saturday. I wanted to lay it with Louisville, but I don't know, man. They looked pretty bad too against Miami. So I'm I'm staying I, as far away from that game as possible. I would have thought that like Stoops didn't coach and they had like someone else coach. That did not look like a Kentucky team. No, dude, that was yeah, that was that was just absolutely awful. I think that shows you how bad this team is. Ben, let's go to Sunday. How many plays you got left? Just one more. Okay, perfect. I got one more left as well. So let's get these plays in and get out of here. Jags at Houston Texans. This is a huge game for the division with Houston just behind the Jags. Trevor Lawrence with a great bounce back performance last week. He was, I think he had two rushing touchdowns. He was throwing the ball really well. CJ Stroud and this Texans offense continues to throw the ball downfield with ease all over people. I'm going to take over 48 and a half. Okay. I'm staying in the same game here, Ben. I'm going to take the Texans plus one and a half in this game. I think the wrong team's favored here. I get it. Jacksonville's been a solid team. They have a good defense, great coach. But CJ Stroud is an NFL best this season. Five and one ATS is the underdog in these games. He's also second in the NFL in pass yards per game, to only to Tua and the Dolphins. Um, the Texans defense is or offense is humming right now, and I'm not exactly impressed with this Jags passing offense. The Texans have the eighth best run defense in the league right now. I think the Texans can come in here and force Trevor Lawrence to throw the football. He's not exactly getting it done in the air. While I do agree with you, this game probably does end up going over the total. I think that Houston has a much better offense here. And to be honest with you, Houston is the better quarterback too here in this game. I think that I think CJ Stroud is top right now is playing like a top 10, top eight guy in the league. We talked about this over text, Ben. In my opinion, Trevor Lawrence is just a guy, man. Trevor Lawrence is a elite game manager. He's, he's a not guy, not the guy. Yeah, he is a guy. I mean, he's probably like the best game manager you can have in the league. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's athletic. He can make plays with his legs. He can make some throws, but you can't ask him to throw the ball 40 times a game and expect to win. C.J. Stroud's the exact opposite here. I think Houston is live to win this division. Give me, give me Houston to get it done. I mean, the MVP race is no one's really sticking out right now. That Stroud, if he wins this, wins the division, he's going to sneak up there. Sneak. Yeah, I've seen Dak Prescott's getting some steam too in the in the MVP market. That's when you know that nothing's going on there. I mean, Jalen's the favorite, and I would say. Jalen last year at this point was having a much better season than right now. I would agree with that too. It's been sloppy. It's been ugly, but the Eagles find a way to grind it out. Dude, I think the reason why we think that Eagles look so ugly is because we're so soured on that tush push. Like I'm so soured by that play. Like every single fourth down and one third down and one, they just line up and run that shit. I mean, it gets old after a while watching them do that. 
they've had a couple of really bad weather games too, where it's just really hard to move the football. Yeah, I think we got robbed of a better game against the Chiefs because of that weather, but it was still a fun game to watch regardless. Um, Ben, anything else from you, man, before we get up out of here? I thought you had one more. Was that it from you? No, that's it. That, I, those are the only NFL plays I really have. That's the only game I had time to cap on Sunday. I was pretty frantically going through college football. I'll recap them real quick. In college football, from myself, Alabama team total, whatever it is on Saturday. And then I'm taking Ole Miss minus 10 in the Egg Bowl. That is not on Saturday, people. Tennessee minus 27. Tom In college football, Tom sticking the Egg Bowl over 55 and a half. Missouri minus 7. Texas Tech at Texas over 52 and a half. Oregon State plus 14. Uh, the over 49 and a half in the Iron Bowl. Virginia Tech minus three. The Florida State, Florida have a rivalry name. Um, yeah, Florida State, Florida. I don't know what the name of the rivalry is, but they definitely do. I don't know why I can't think of the name of it. Well, Thomas is the over in Florida State, Florida 49 and a half, and he also has Florida State minus six and a half. Um, it might be seven on some books now, but I would assume you you still like it at seven. Yeah, I still like it at seven. And then in the NFL, I have Jags and Texans over 48 and a half. Packers at Lions over 47. Thomas has Commanders plus 12 and a half. Niners minus seven. Texans plus one and a half. Yeah, apparently they call it the Sunshine Showdown. So that must be some new name that I've never heard of because I can't even remember that. Damn, 49ers just hit seven and a half, it looks like. So looks like we got in on these in the right time, Ben. Um Anyway, though, guys, that's all it we just got. Sounds like sun, the Sunshine Showdown just sounds like we need a name. Let's just throw together some alliteration. Yeah, it sounds ridiculous. I don't <laughs> like that at all. I'm not calling. I refuse to call it that, in fact. But um, anyway, though, guys, we, as always, we appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.